welcome to Bad Binges Podcast, Episode 1, The Office, Seasons 1 to 2. I'm <laughs> your co-host, Laura, and this is my co-host slash mom, Trish. <laughs> so, I feel like I pretty much chose yeah. this show. Yes, definitely. Because, well, one, the announcement just came out that it's going to be going off of Netflix within the next two years, I believe, is January 1st. 2021 that's kind of the go-to show you know and that's it's an I iconic th- show it's an yeah. iconic show but i think it's also a huge part of what made netflix really popular is having core shows like that and now obviously mm-hmm. they built out their own independent lineup and all that stuff that makes them really great but netflix is still that you know people got on there because they could watch stuff like this and right. then everybody around them was watching it so they wanted to go watch it and right. that's how they all got there but it's also just it's a really funny show and now there are trivia nights at bars and yeah. things all about the office yeah it's really that. big right now which is it's kind of cool though. and amazing it's weird that now it's you know this huge cult following show even though I wouldn't even say cult because it just has a major following right, of people right. I have one friend who in any situation can bring up an office quote for like anything <laughs> like any kind of response that you need she can immediately say whatever but what are your perceptions on it because you don't really you hadn't really watched it Uh, just the show itself well you know I had seen an episode here and there but you know I didn't really used to watch tv very much yeah and really you know binge watching if I can you know watch it while I'm cooking dinner or folding laundry or whatever it's a lot easier for me to watch in that venue than know that at a certain time on a certain night I've got to watch tv you know having it on hand that I can watch a particular show anytime I want is really nice but yeah you know I always knew it was a quirky kind of awkward uncomfortable at times show but um I just never had the opportunity to watch full seasons of it so yeah this was a real experience it was really fun listening or and watching the the first two seasons so did you know before we started watching this that they had the UK version no I didn't know that at all I I made a comment to her. I said, oh, Ricky Gervais is one of the executive producers of this. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, yeah. <laughs> it started in the UK. I've only ever watched the first episode of the UK one, which is very, 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 very similar to the first episode of This Office. And it's weird how quickly the US office takes off to become very American in like tone and humor. Like, you could tell in the first episode of This Office that they're trying to test out that, like, very dry <laughs> British humor. Yeah. What I, what I, one of the things I love is, like, all these characters are so quirky and they all have their oddness, I guess. Yeah. But they're all kind of lovable. Like, yeah. really, I don't think there's one that I just, that, you know, it's a negative person. And yeah. I think it's more like reality. You know, yeah. everybody has a really good side to them, mm-hmm. um, but everybody has some kind of quirky, yeah, you know, at- attribute in their nature. So, yeah, yeah that makes it really interesting. I, I like yeah. liking all the characters in here. Well, there's only one I don't like. We'll talk about him later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one that everybody doesn't like. <laughs> I'm going to really struggle with this because having seen all of it so much, I don't want to give, like, spoilers or anything like oh, that. Oh, right, right. So, and I really want to try to, I'll be relying on you for that kind of introductory perspective. But I just, when you said about it's the characters are, like, real life, it really makes me think about 
with all the internships and jobs that I've had in the past few years of how similar that kind of environment and the weird, like, I wish I knew it was in the good times when I was there feeling. Mm -hmm. Not that, like, you know, every place I've been to hasn't been good times in some way or another, but it's just interesting to have that, you know, day-to-day things can seem really banal and, like, you're getting your work done, but everybody around you really has these interesting personalities and these interesting ways of looking at things and how they interact with other people. And then, you know, you end up having these funny situations that you really only think about in retrospect. Right. Right. And and I think so many people can relate to mm-hmm. all these folks. You know, it's not like, you know, there are some comedy shows that are just over the top and just crazy and these crazy things happen. And, you know, you can see these things yeah, actually happening. happening. You can see somebody well, putting a stapler in jello and putting it in somebody's desk. <laughs> well, have you seen the have you seen the what people call the greatest, like, show opening of all time that's from The Office. No. I think that's, like, I can't think of anything else right now, but I know at the top of my head that's one thing that I can't see happening in a normal office, but also maybe. <laughs> it's just, it's really ridiculous. It's um, all caused by Dwight, but we'll talk about that episode when we get there. I don't, yeah, I don't think this. I've seen that. It must not be with series, uh, seasons one or two. I think it's maybe, like, it's Michael's still there. Okay. Maybe, like, okay. season three or four. All right. But we'll get into that eventually. Let's talk about episode one, the pilot. A documentary. Should we read the thing? If, or you, no? if you want, but you have to qualify where we're reading this. Oh, I this mean, I get everything Wikipedia. off Wikipedia. <laughs> is, it, is it truth I, or fiction? Okay, okay. Everybody hates on Wikipedia, but like, I really believe in Wikipedia. Maybe 99% or Every, 95%. Everybody says it's a bad resource, but in both the academic and the professional world recently, everybody uses Wikipedia. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, other podcasts use Wikipedia. And yeah, it's I, 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 I definitely look at Wikipedia. I mean, like, I mean yeah, but I, you just never know if it's real. Yeah, it's 100% true. 100%. But like, well, one, there are so many people who really dedicate themselves. Like, I know people who are Wikipedia editors who really work hard on researching right. things and finding that, right. but also... I've worked in organizations that are so big that when I've been there, we've we've looked up information about the company on Wikipedia because oh, we don't know right, right. or like the properties of the company because <laughs> we're just you know and that's the easiest way to find it because diving deep into records yep. or something just takes a million yep. years. So, yep, Wikipedia is very handy. I believe Wikipedia. <laughs> So we'll so, go with that. So we believe in Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> so we're using Wikipedia to track our episodes and then kind of help us dive into each one individually, but also keep on track of all the things that we need to cover, which we'll see how long this episode ends up being. I think we'll probably end up having some really long episodes. <laughs> yeah, really. Do you want to talk about the um, the the premise of like... Of the office? Of, yes, of the filming of it. Oh, that it's Where the, a documentary the, crew? Exactly. I really forget that as, like, you move yeah. forward. I mean, I always thought it was just the way they decided to portray the show, yeah. that it was the, the people kind of talking to the camera. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was really part of the well, show. It's, it's, like, not. I mean, they, they use it as the way to frame the lines and everything, but it, it's, like, at the very beginning when he's walking people through the office. Right, And right. at the very end when they wrap up filming... It makes it very endearing because mm-hmm. it's like you're right there talking to them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. So, the first episode? Yeah. Okay, I just have to say, watching that first episode, 
just I just felt awkward and embarrassed <laughs> for Michael Scott. <laughs> Michael Scott. I mean, you oh, just want to say stop, fun. stop, stop. He Don't say really, anything else. He's really like painful when it starts out. Yes, yes, and exactly. It's interesting to see it too. Like they even change his appearance and everything. You can tell that he really didn't mm-hmm. agree with people at first. No, he's so painful. So the first episode, they're talking about layoffs. They work on. Oh, shoot. They all work at a paper company, and they're talking about having to downsize the paper company. And you know, the the office, everyone in the office is kind of hearing these rumors. Yeah. And you know, this kind of stuff happens all the time. <laughs> so they're hearing rumors, and people are, you know, getting nervous. But there's so many funny things that happen that you know in the beginning that we're going to talk about. But. I don't know, the, the pilot episode is weird to talk about because it is really just an introduction of everyone. Mm-hmm. I always think about, do you think that these episodes are the way that the documentary crew filmed them? or do, do you, you Like, do you think when you're watching these, are you watching the episodes that the documentary crew filmed and put together? Or are you oh. getting an inside look on the production of I that? think it's the unedited version. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I didn't know. I mean, that's just my my yeah. perspective. I don't know, but I, think it I makes don't know sense. what they expect it, us to, you know, yeah. understand. But I think it's the unedited version. Yeah. So yeah. So that's the, the pilot. And then diversity day. Oh, that was just this so is painful. A wild one. To, so I am, painful. I'm just really shocked that this show, I guess, like, 15 years ago, 14 years ago, was still a very different time than where we're at now with our level of. Um, care for using correct terms and being polite and you know Mm -hmm. not disrespecting or taking advantage Mm -hmm. of other cultures in any way so but still I'm just so shocked that like people were interested in this and watched this because this isn't not like a you know family guy south park cartoon hour where they usually make a lot of jokes like that you know this is just a casual evening show that people are watching I I don't know if you might realize this, I don't know, but this happened. Like, there was a period in time where diversity, you know, became a huge thing in corporate America. And I remember, I worked for a very large company, and I remember them coming in and giving us diversity classes and putting yeah. us in situations where, you know, we would feel left out or shunned or whatever. You know, we would kind yeah. of do role play. And so I totally see this. Yeah. But ne- it's it's this sh- this episode is like the worst class you could be mm-hmm. in. You know, the, you're in there with people who you're embarrassed to be in there yeah. with, you know, who and it's yeah, it's it's kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of shocking to hear like some of the comments Michael makes. Um but it's it's hilarious because I mean he's lovable, right? Mm-hmm. And you can tell that he doesn't really mean anything bad. But the things he says are just completely like, embarrassing. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting too. I mean, just to look at you know, like you said, these characters are real life. Like that can be a very real mm-hmm. situation for people where they mm-hmm. say all these things and they don't have bad intentions, but mm-hmm. they just completely are educated about these issues or like don't know how to approach things or are completely ignorant to it and they don't think anything is wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember starting, you know, my first job was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I remember working in an office and there you know, some of the comments that were made mm-hmm. even back, you know, back then would never be 
allowed today in an office environment. Mm-hmm. You know, it is very strange kind of hearing. It wasn't really that kind of comments. It was more, you know, male-female kind of comments. Yeah. It kind of hits home when I hear this because it kind yeah. of makes me remember back in the day comments I'd hear in the workplace. Yeah. And it was all out of, of being naive or ignorant, I guess, on yeah. what your comments, how I other mean, people feel about those comments. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I haven't really worked in any organizations where I think we might have had that. Well, actually, because the one boss I had for my one of my first internships could be creepy like that, but he was like with my male coworker mm-hmm. who, when I worked with that coworker, he would tell me like all this weird stuff that our boss had said before, mm-hmm. you know, had a reputation for just being a creepy person. I just, I've never worked this really besides that. That was like a very minor situation. I was never around for that, mm-hmm. but I've never been in an environment where that kind of stuff is really... Yeah, I can even remember, I, I knew that for the most part, the, the things I heard, and it wasn't all the time, it wasn't, yeah. you know, over the top, but I remember even being in college, and I was a waitress trying to put myself through college, yeah. and I I was waiting on a on a guy, yeah. and he thought I added his bill wrong, because they were all handwritten, yeah. and he made some oh. comment to me about, oh, well, you probably don't even... Yeah. You know, you probably didn't even go to college or whatever. And I was in college and I was taking, you know, calculus. <laughs> and this guy's, you know, making kind of demeaning comments like, yeah. oh, you probably don't even, you know, know how to add or whatever. Because, you know, Assholes. it was like, because I was like a girl. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm actually in computer science and I take, you know, like engineering kind of courses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I so he like spontaneously imploded later. <laughs> I, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, and I was so shy back then. Anyway, I I was dumbfounded. I didn't even know what to say. I just, I was shocked. But yeah. you know, I, I've heard those those kind of comments. Uh, I it's been a long time. It's been yeah. a long time since I've heard anything like That's that. Good, though. But yeah, so so I could I could definitely empathize with what yeah. was going on here. But I also think that's really interesting too because while I haven't really experienced anything like diversity day before, I've still been in organizations where we have large diversity initiatives throughout the company mm-hmm. that are kind of we don't really see directly, but they're overall things that the company acts upon and does in order to take care of underrepresented or mm-hmm. you know communities that aren't really attended to commonly or as frequently as they should be and it, I think it would probably be a better situation if we did have more like on the ground things like this not necessarily diversity day because I feel like having a diversity day makes it seem like we have one day out of the year where we focus right. on this right whereas we could really use just more things that are I think when we have just those high level company initiatives or whatever we kind of act like the issues farther away and not like in every day you know Mm -hmm. because even if you you know have an office that's not you know making weird comments or anything like that it's still something that they can teach and learn and grow and like pass Mm -hmm. along to Mm -hmm. um other people and we're still learning more every day about how best to behave in social circumstances to make sure that everybody feels included and recently you know Mm -hmm. well and back when like diversity at least from my perspective what I experienced it was really about a racial question. Yeah. And today it's 
it's so much even it's even broader than that it's mm-hmm. it's race it's religion it's um you know political views mm-hmm. it's all kinds of things you know gender expression yes yeah mm-hmm. oh definitely you know Identity. it's so many different things than than what it started out to be mm-hmm. and our and our world and our workplace is so much different than it was yeah you know back in the day you know we see all many cultures today yeah. um in an office you see you know the people are much more diverse yeah these days because people are more mobile and people you know it's not just this concentration of a certain like people mm-hmm. in a city it's it's many many different mm-hmm. types of people i think that's really interesting too though how i think there also is something to be said about industry because i now I work in a little bit more of a similar industry to you, but in the past I've mainly been focused on very public or entertainment-based industries. Right. And you know, in my past experience, I've worked with people who are non-binary, completely non-conforming to any sort of thing, and dress very fluidly between oh, gotcha. like gender lines mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it's old hat. And one of the companies that I worked for is known for being very 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 open and kind of a haven for people in the lgbtq plus community Mm -hmm. they are welcomed as you know people who appreciate that organization or people who want to work for it Mm -hmm. and that's just very casual you know i had i've had coworkers who coworkers who identified as women who would talk about their girlfriends or something like that Mm -hmm. and um no one bats an eye and I think about like coming back here or in like a different um industry and you mean coming back home to your hometown versus working in a in a bigger city or you know just a different kind Mm -hmm. of area where things like that are more accepted so Mm -hmm. coming back to my hometown and like you know people would probably be like oh okay Mm -hmm. if someone were to say that I mean we were just talking last night I have a I just started a new job and I have a company dinner coming up I was like, oh, should I bring one of my friends? And then I was like, oh, but, like, if I showed up with a girl, people would probably make assumptions, and they would be very uncomfortable. Yeah, but you said, well, you don't really care. I mean, like, yeah, I don't really care. But, like, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's it's strange that I've gone from working in an environment like that, Mm -hmm. where we, you know, don't have things like Diversity Day, and we have bigger company initiatives, and it's not so much a thing. But we still could use, you know, lower-level initiatives to a place where, like, we still don't have things like that, but... Just the culture of the overall location, not necessarily the business itself. Right. Put that right. thought in my head and be like, oh, like, this is a place. You have to not, consider though. things more than you I did would. before. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, we've yeah. been joking about your, your work outfits, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at the other places you worked, it was totally different. Whereas yeah. this is an office yeah. and it's a business and you have customers yeah. and you have to like, you know, wear I mean, square hose. <laughs> you can't other just, places I've had like you know, a costume or <laughs> I've had an outfit that I'm supposed to wear. Right, exactly. Or I've had, you know, you just, as long as you don't wear pajamas and work, you're fine. Right, yeah. But and it is, is a totally different environment. It's here. very, very different. Yeah. Back here. But like yeah. not to like, I say that not because, you know, anybody at work is, I mean, they're all lovely people and very right, kind and I'm, right. you know, I don't know them very well yet, but I would hope they would be very accepting of any kind of situation, but it is interesting to think about just industry-based and then also location-based, how there can be kind of the difference between 
oh, I don't really think too much about diversity. It's just kind of an everyday part of right. our organization right. as opposed to that's just something that's a little bit more out of the ordinary here, or at least mm-hmm. it's not very well expressed mm-hmm. in that environment. So, and, and that's actually one of the things we were talking about um, when we decided to do this podcast, because even though she's my daughter, she was raised in a different, such a different time and environment and family than I was that we're like very coming from very different, different places and different perspectives. So, yeah. you know, where this is just a, mm-hmm. a trivial example, but where you would like to wear fun, comfortable things to work. I'm used to like suits and, yeah. you know, high heels and all that kind of yeah. thing. And, you know, that's just one example of the difference yeah. that we, you know, that we're used to. Yeah. The, the thing that, you know, different well, things that we're used to. Because, I mean, just thinking about that example specifically, when you were getting into the business world, you're looking at men, you know, and how do you best acclimate yourself into a highly male-dominated, you know, white male power, all that kind of stuff, environment. Whereas when I'm going into the business world, that's still, like, kind of a factor, especially with the different industries that you might be working in or, you know, executive level, like, there still are, there is a strong presence of men in upper levels of management Mm -hmm. as opposed to women, but... um, you know, I'm looking at, like, Elle Woods, you know? Uh-huh. Like, I think that's, like, a lot of girls are, like, I'm going to be her because, like, she goes out there and she's, like, whatever, I don't care. I'm going to be my own, right. you know, unique, fun, exciting person. So that's kind of my attitude is going. It's, like, you know what? I don't give a, a heck. You know, like, that's who I, I'm yeah. looking at. Yeah, and you're, you're exactly at. right. When I was entering the workforce, you tried to mold yourself like everybody who was already working at the company. Yeah. You were, tra- you know, you wore a suit, mm-hmm. you wore a blazer, like the guys. I remember even wearing like little ties. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it is totally, totally different yeah. um, environment. And that's, and it's good, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good thing. I feel that. It's changed. But it's also an interesting kind of pressure to feel like you have to therefore make a very individual impact on the company. It's like, you have to go out and like be this wonderful superstar and like dazzle everyone and make your impact in your own unique way. Well, I think maybe it's more so for you because you're in marketing. Mm. Um, That's true. Because it's it is like a more creative area, mm-hmm, yeah. a field, right? Right. But I mean, even for example, places that I've worked at before. One of my former bosses is texting me right now about her intern. And just looking at the difference of, like, the learning curve, because she hasn't worked with that since I first started a while ago, so she's going through that again, and just kind of, like, making her observations of, you know, interesting situations and how her current intern does seem to feel a lot of pressure about how am I going to take this on Mm -hmm. from this previous intern and find a way to make it better and make it unique and make it me, even -hmm. though you're really just doing the same thing, and at the end of the day, the same thing needs to be done, but there's still this weird pressure to, like even when you're dealing with the same brand, same voice, mm-hmm. same all that kind of stuff to make it your own. To stand out. Yeah. Right. When it doesn't even really, you know, at an intern level, when it's like I leave in six months, you know, I mm-hmm. just need to make sure that it's consistent for the next person. Right. I can definitely tell that we're only on the second episode yeah. and we're going to be digressing quite a bit. Well, this is good <laughs> though too. Because, I mean, at least for like filming, I always think about you do like a 10 to 1 ratio for like every 10 minutes of filming, you're probably going to get one minute of like really good stuff. So like... Oh, we're going to edit all this out? 
not all of it, but <laughs> I mean, I definitely will edit for like maybe my the, when I scratch my back and I crack mm-hmm. my arm cracked, you can yeah <laughs> edit that but, one out. Well, that or I just want to make sure too, especially if we like do end up kind of naturally having these kinds of conversations. I want to make sure that it is holistically positive because I don't want anyone to walk exactly. away thinking that something that I said at half a second in a podcast that I was just trying to get some point across and like right. use whatever words came first in my brain right. that I'm thinking a certain way if right. I didn't exactly get across the correct message that I intended. Right. So. And and we talked about that in episode zero, yeah. just the introduction that, you know, one of the things we both absolutely agreed on is we wanted this to be a positive experience. We don't yeah. want it to be sad. You know, we, we, we didn't want it to be negative in any way. We, mm-hmm. we want it to be like a good, Welcoming. Good, good uh, karma Encouraging. out there. You know, yeah. we want to throw the, the good karma out yeah. there. But I feel like the conversations, I mean, we talked yeah. about the importance of diversity and talking about, you know, those issues and making sure that you're inclusive every day, not just one day a year. Right. And, like, empowering young women in the workplace, standing up for yourself if you hear weird conversations or comments being made. Very important stuff. But I, and I think all those things are come so much more naturally to your generation than it did mine. Really? Yeah, women were still... It was, a di- it was so different. It was such a different work environment. I like to see that being inclusive and being um, mm-hmm. positive and, I don't know, I, I don't, you know, welcoming to other people is just such a part of mm-hmm. the nature of, of, this, of the younger generations. Well, I think also there's a certain aspect of it that's also looking at the situations that we've seen recently and acting accordingly and um, not necessarily just wanting to be, like, welcoming and everything to people, but I certainly catch myself being really protective or, like, cautious of myself and, like, who I interact with at work. And, like, I think all the time, okay, what would I do if, like, someone said something to me right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to handle that? Because right. I never want to find myself in a situation where you hear all these things about people who, like, heard weird comments and stuff before, but they right. never reported it. Right. Or, you know, um, I just were in those situations where it was very you know, strange and that ended up being a judgment to them. Like I never want to ever let, first of all, anyone she behavior slide or two have myself be held back because of that. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it's one part. Yeah. We do try to be more inclusive, but we also are more like cautious and protective about ourselves. And mm-hmm. that kind of creates that environment where together you're just very careful about those things. Right. Right. And the way that it engages. I guess we should probably move on to episode two now. Yeah. So anyway, that's the first episode of The Office. The first one, the pilot, but then that was Diversity Day. Oh, that was also. The, oh, okay. So we did episode two of The Office. Yeah, so the... the Healthcare? Th- the, yeah, the third one was when... I remember this when one. She, the, um, Michael had to choose the healthcare plan and he didn't want to do it. Yeah. So he he assigned... Well, I think he assigned Dwight to do it. Oh, my God. Right? And Dwight... Oh, my goodness... Like all seriousness and and yeah, just, he's wow. Oh wait, is this where Dwight sends out the form and he's like, you need to mark down if you have like this disease or anything. Oh, or, like, I if think you that, have this I think that's you. <laughs> we really have to probably watch these closer to the episode recording. Well, you know when you're trying to watch two seasons, yeah, I, the first season was only maybe like six or I seven episodes, kind of... but then the second one was like. 20 yeah. or something it was a lot so yeah well then i think we've kind of figured out that bad binges is gonna be like really bad reviews oh, no. of binges. oh wow we're so sorry so sorry don't be sorry no. <laughs> it is what it is i yeah. i noticed that just now you shouldn't say sorry all the time 
Oh, I do. That's that, also yeah. a thing with your older generation. Yeah, it you're is. Older, not that you're like old or anything, but the uh-huh. generation, <laughs> the generation ahead of mine, is that like women are always so quick to say sorry for themselves or like apologize for things. Yeah, that's true. We shouldn't be. Apologizing. Well, you know, we don't at, have anything to apologize for. Okay. So healthcare, the alliance. Oh, we just actually rewatched that. One. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, this was was this the 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 birthday party too? Yes. Oh my gosh. That was hysterical. I just... Oh, go ahead. And Well, so awkward. No, I was just thinking of that, that line that Pam... Oh. There are so many good wine. Sorry. Good one-liners. Good one-liners, like you were saying um, earlier. Um, and they come from... You know, every yeah. every person has yeah. a really good one-liner, it seems, you know, in, yeah. in one episode or another. But antics, I guess, that go yeah. on in this, they're not... Like, as I said before, they're not way over the top, but they're so, it's just, like, pushes the envelope yeah. a little bit. Like, Dwight is hiding in a box in the yeah. warehouse. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's a little bit more than it's I could see, more. but I kind of maybe could see it happening yeah. to hear, you know, something that's going on. I, there are some workplaces where, like, little things like that, you do get those kind of personalities mm-hmm. where it's, like, I could kind of see that person doing something like that, you know, mm-hmm. just people who are a little bit out of the box, not in a bad way, but just like, right. you know, a little bit more, dr- have a flair for the dramatic or things mm-hmm. like that and just might do something mm-hmm. along those lines, which is just great. I love that. Um, That's the first episode, I think, where you get true, like Jim, Dwight messing with each other. Right. And this all again yeah. revolved around that there were there were rumors that there were there was going to be a layoff that people mm-hmm. were going to get laid off so you know people are gossiping and you know mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's going on and everybody's a little on edge but it's just the funny things that happen yeah this is also the episode isn't this where Roy walks in and sees Pam and Jim yeah where he's oh, yeah, inspiring yeah. and he he freaks out i've watched so much so like it's just interesting seeing Roy at this point and it's interesting seeing him that upset over Pam just because of the course of the seasons, how things change. And Okay, so you have to explain, though. So Pam is um, the receptionist, I'm sorry, right? listeners. Let me give you the background. Right. So, so Pam is a receptionist, and Jim is one of the salesmen. And Roy works... Roy works in the warehouse. In the warehouse. And he's, he's um, Pam's fiancé, her three-year fiancé. And Pam and Jim, yeah, Pam and Jim are, you know, kind of provoking people's paranoia or maybe Dwight's paranoia about being, you know, let let go. And they're kind of conspiring. And then Roy walks in and, you know, Pam's uh, fiance and it's an awkward situation. But you can see, you know, Pam and Jim being so like each other and. Just their humor matches. Yeah, their really humor strongly. exactly. And then Roy's like, "What is going on here?" Yeah, yeah. I should probably apologize in advance. I'm gonna put this disclaimer right at the beginning here that this audio is probably gonna be pretty rough. Oh. I'll do my best to edit it, but <laughs> I've just moved around so much. We gotta. We have yet to find a good location or uh, one more than one microphone <laughs> to right. properly do this podcast until we really get into it. But uh, stick with it, and we'll get there. But yeah, no, I just, yeah, I think, I also find it interesting that Meredith, 
is the focus of the birthday party mm-hmm. just because she becomes, you know, the character that she is there. Okay, I'm just going to have to be the person who has this perspective of having watched the things before. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I can't not look at it in that way. But the perspective that, or the way that Meredith is is just so different to the Meredith that you end up getting to know mm-hmm. later on. Well, yeah, she's in these episodes, she's just kind of quiet and yeah. just, right. Right. Well, just there are a lot subdued. of there are a lot of characters that are kind of in the background. They're That's there. True. They just have small parts, but in in other other episodes, they, they develop. Yeah. Yeah. Phyllis. Phyllis. Yes. I love Phyllis so much. I do. I I do too. Her, like they're setting really the seeds like for the party planning committee like drama. Oh, that's just. Oh, but you know that so happens. Good. I know it's crazy. It's, it's, these things happen. You know. Yeah. And what what I thought was funny. Okay, so they're they're setting their. Uh, um, Michael wants to have something positive go on in the in the office. So he tells Pam, you know, find out whose birthday is next and we'll have a birthday party for them. Even though it was Meredith and her birthday was the next month, they yeah. still decided to have this. And if you remember, three women were assigned to make set up to the party. party. And yeah. I remember that back in the day. You know, I was one of the few women. And so if there was a baby shower or a, you know, somebody's getting married or a birthday, whatever, yeah. they would turn to the women and go, here, you guys can go, you know, set this up. You can collect for the gift. Yeah. And it was so funny because that's exactly what happens here, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Do you Have you had that experience where... Um, okay, so I've only had a few jobs ago where they celebrated my birthday. It was my leader who handled things. So I don't know if it was just her, but then later on I could kind of see that she was facilitating different mm-hmm. things. It was like a smaller group mm-hmm. of women who did. Um, but since then, it's kind of been that whoever's leader mm-hmm. is the, or the person's Person. leader handles things mm-hmm. for them because it's their responsibility. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, at the place I am now, they have, you know, company intranet where people can share, where birthdays pop up automatically and everybody celebrates with them. And it's not necessarily just for that person. And, you know, your supervisor or your leader or whoever will take you out to out to eat or something or you'll kind of celebrate with your team. Mm-hmm. It's not so much like a, a company-wide okay. thing, which I'm very happy with. I would not enjoy having like a full birthday party or anything like that planned for people. And that's that has also been the case now when I think about it. In my last work location, we had people who were leaving for maternity leave or coming back from maternity leave, or um, we had a coworker who was out for a long-term illness and then came mm-hmm. back and um, things like that. And that actually, our office administrator would handle like cards and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but it would be the person's supervisor who kind of reached out to make it happen. Right, right. So I think it is a little, a little bit different, but I also, I struggle with that because because I have been in a female-dominated environment, the field that I work in can be extremely female-dominated. Uh, yeah. That it, it really has been women just because right, right. that's who I'm around. So so this is the basketball episode. This is episode... Does Michael try to hit five? the the basket behind him in this episode? You know, I can't remember that specifically. All okay. I, I can remember is somebody who got hit who got hit in the nose by accident and Michael's like, Oh, come on, you know, suck it up or whatever. And then Michael gets hit in the nose and he's almost crying and he's shutting down the game (laughs) and everything's, you know, yeah, that's what I remember of, of this, this part. I just don't remember if he was trying to do that or not. He probably was like, that's Michael, right? He's always trying to be bigger than life. And then he doesn't make it. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's one episode where I, I don't remember if it's this one, but Michael's trying to throw the ball behind him and hit it into the basket. 
and he's trying to do that as he says goodbye to the warehouse workers and goes back upstairs. So he keeps going, catch it on the flippity flip and like throws it behind them. And like, then he keeps doing it over and over again and keeps saying it because he can't hit the basket. Um, But I always say that now, like catch it on the flippity flip. And then whenever you say that, people always are like, oh, the office. Like <laughs> That's how you like kind of get to know okay. people. Like in my last workplace, we'd say that a lot. And then everybody kind of was like caught on. Right, and we right, all right. You know, realized we all watched the office together. But I just can't remember if it was that episode or not. I feel like it's not. I think Michael looked like. I, yeah, I don't think Michael. it was. I don't remember that. I think this was all about him doing, you know, trying to be yeah. a, a tough trying guy to macho. and macho and getting yeah. the teams. And it was all about the warehouse people versus the office people and whoever yeah. lost was going to have to work on yeah. Saturday. And then when he claims that the warehouse lost he says, okay, you guys, you have to work. And, you know, these guys are, like, taller than him and big, you know, bigger yeah. than him. And they're like, really? We're working on Saturday? And he backs down because yeah. he has to put it where, put his money where his mouth is, and it doesn't work. <laughs> he doesn't – he's bad. not able to back up what he says. Oh, God, Michael Scott. Okay, Hot Girl. Have you watched oh, this full one? I did, yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched all, I watched all these through, through season two. I thought this one was really funny. <laughs> well, they're all funny, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this is when Amy Adams is a, a character, and she comes in and is, wants to sell purses. And you can't yeah. do that in an office. You can't you can't come in and sell things. Well, yeah. although we've kind of snuck in Girl Scouts now and then. But yeah. Girl Scout cookies and, I feel and like that's Boy Scout though. popcorn and, you know, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, she wants to sell her purses. Everybody and wants Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Michael's like, absolutely not. And then he looks at her, and she's, you know, this beautiful Amy Adams, and he's yeah. like, oh, um, you know, I'll go talk to her. And then <laughs> ends up setting her up in the conference room, yeah. and, you know, she gets the whole the whole nine oh, yards of, of welcoming. Um, yeah, so, so... I find it interesting that Dwight is part of... Because Michael's always kind of, like, girl crazy or, like, looking for his soulmate and yeah. that. And, like, Jim, you know, it just naturally, like, the office attractive man mm-hmm. who is single. So they default to him. I find it interesting that Dwight's a part of this, though. Because Dwight is so, like, oh. just very not, like, looking for a partnership or anything like that, as you see in later episodes. Like, he's very... Right particular about like what he wants his situation to be right it's he's not obvious about yeah it. and and in this he's actually wants to pursue like, her yeah it's but, very weird yeah so he and michael kind of butt heads a little bit there. especially someone who for the character that dwight becomes is so impractical for like his level you know he's like a beet farmer and this old german boy who wants to you know live out in the fields and like all this stuff so like a person a saleswoman is completely mm-hmm. not what you right. would be interested in, you know right. also i have never looked at this before but that episode was written by kelly oh i did not and know the second that. episode was written by ryan yeah. Okay, so Ryan is is the intern. Yeah. And then Kelly is um you know, I'm not she even sure is what the department service. is she customer service. She's okay. the only person. Okay. So she's her own department. She's a customer service rep. And that's um the actress who plays Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling. Okay, yeah. She was She's in. gotten really a 
her career has yeah well i mean because she did all that stuff for the office and then she Mm -hmm. had her own show right 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 she's been in movies she's good she has a she has a quirky really cute character here but (laughs) she's a great like personality like for her characters and stuff Mm -hmm. it's always very interesting and i think she as a person seems like a very interesting person as well but okay, so season one. Now, okay, see, so yeah, like the visual appearance of it is so different. Season one, even just look at this picture, it's like mm-hmm. Michael sitting in this very awkward office. And then season two, like peeking through the blinds, being weird. And then all the people back there all looking like they're looking into the camera after the interview, like sarcastically. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that this show has brought about that perfect mood of looking into the camera. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Well, something's happening and just being like, I told you so. Right. Or, you know, right. that kind of attitude. They have s- such a great cast. Such a yeah. great cast. Oh, I didn't realize that Ryan is one of the main cast members. Yeah. You know, I don't really know much about television, but I really appreciate having, you know, the people who are starring in the show being really involved in yeah. the creation yeah. of it. Because mm-hmm. I think that makes it just that much better. It's like a Saturday Night Live, but a series here. Okay. So back to season cute. two. Oh my god. The Dundies. Okay, so this is the one where Pam gets drunk. Is this the one where she says, I feel God in this chilies tonight? What? Is it? <laughs> I think I so. I think I missed that line. Hold on. I'm gonna look it up on my phone. But like that's just one of the best episodes ever. Or the best lines. Also, I rem- I remember this one that okay, so these are the the Dundee Awards and they're always a little bit humiliating for the people who receive them. But Michael, Michael wants to, you know, he's, he's handing out these kind of fun. He thinks they're funny awards, but they're kind of insulting, but he doesn't, he, he just thinks he's being fun and like a good boss. And yeah. the people are just like, you know, they just want to kind of get it over with. <laughs> um, and they, you know, just go along with him when it really is pretty inappropriate. And pretty rough. But, yeah. But so. it's interesting, too, just, like, again, that, like, this is the first episode of the Dundies. And to see how the Dundies changed to Michael's oh, last Dundies. Okay. Like, this show just has such good character development. Mm-hmm. Like, they truly each go through personal transformations. Like, every single character. Some of them just end up maybe the same way that they were before, but, like, they go through these different things that do affect their personalities in different ways, and it's just fantastic to see, and that's kind of one of the situational aspects of how the Dundies change, from being this thing where, you know, Michael's just saying inappropriate stuff to being, you know, a different kind of situation. I really love that. So that was the, the Dundies episode. Oh, wait, so Pam tells Roy off when he insists they leaving it. Okay, I also like that too. Like we finally start to see Pam kind of stand up to Roy. Not that like Roy ends up being a bad character or anything really. He just, I mean, you can tell it's a really bad relationship and it's nice to see Pam. It's like the beginning of Pam's whole arc of kind of taking charge of herself. Right. And As we said, Pam in the in the first episode, she's been engaged to Roy for 3 years and there's mm-hmm. no wedding really in sight. And but she just goes along with it, you know, yeah. whatever he wants is fine. And that's what you're saying at this point. Yeah. She's starting to, to you know, have a f- more of a voice. Yeah. So. Which is good because she's like, you know. Yeah. Of but, the five main characters or whatever, she's, or four, she's, no, five. She's the only girl. And, it, and it's interesting to see her with Jim. 
Yeah. Like they're on the same level. Yeah. And then, then Roy comes on the scene and she's just totally like, different. Yeah. Yeah. She it's, does a really good job, the actress. She's, uh, she's wonderful. I love her. Oh my God. I like them all though. I love them all. Jenna Fisher. Um, but yeah, Jenna Fisher's Pam. Really, a really great, yeah, yep. actress. Okay. So Pam is played by Jenna okay. Fisher. Sexual harassment. All right. Review of the company's harassment policies. Also send a lawyer. Screen. Like we all knew this oh one was God. coming, right? So the episode yeah. is about sexual harassment and, and we all knew this was coming. Okay, yeah, we all knew this was coming. We it's kind of, you know, Michael and his inappropriate comments. Yeah. 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 I just, it, this is also the episode where he keeps saying that's what she said, right? I think. Oh, that's I think when it he yes, coins that yes, line. I think you're right. I think this was I the remember first time. that line busting out in like sixth grade and just being all over the place. So explain what that is. That's what she said? Yeah. I don't want to explain that. So, well, it's, it's you know, somebody says something. Yeah. And to be funny, your response is, that's, that's what, what she, she said. said. Or like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Give an example. In a very inappropriate way that I, right, people understand. Right. <laughs> but, you know, like little boys get that and they're like, ooh, that's so funny. <laughs> like, I, think pe- I don't know if people are going to follow that like, unless they watch the, the show. Best. They don't. They won't follow I mean, I hope that about. people who are listening to this are watching the show and enjoying it with us. And I also, that's like, I guess the first time we really get to see Toby more and let him shine a little bit. Okay, I don't remember if Michael always hated Toby or if this is the birth of when Michael hates Toby. I don't. I think he doesn't like him in general. I don't, I don't remember him like hating him or whatever. I think he feels, I don't think he gets why he's there. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I don't think all. he gets why Toby is even oh, no, no. in existence. He's completely like... He's, yeah, he's clueless. But uh, he just know. hates Toby later on and just has such intense feelings about it. But So it's mm-hmm. interesting that we're kind of just getting a little taste of that to start with. Yeah. The show just builds up in such a nice way. Okay, episode two. Oh, wait, episode three, is, Office Olympics. Okay, so this is when Michael oh gets my his, God. buys his first <laughs> home and he and Dwight are, you know, yeah. he, he's... It's like he can't he can't do it himself, so he gets yeah. Dwight to kind of come along with him and yeah. help him through it. And while he's gone, you know, it's during the during yeah. the workday, and while he's gone, the office just goes off on their own. Everybody yeah. gets together, and and Jim and Pam hold Office Olympics, and they have just this fun play day at work. It's it's so cute. They have really good or really interesting relationship situations going on here because you have Dwight and Michael. Michael is always mean to Dwight and whatever, and Dwight's very subservient, but here they are, you know, he's helping Michael right. pick out a home, you know, and right. and being there for him and guiding him through that situation. And then you have Pam and Jim who, you know, you're showcasing how great they are as a team that they're leading the entire office and participating in this fun activity for the day and making up all these games for them to participate in and all that kind of stuff. And then you also have how tighten at the offices that every single person in the office when Michael is out is all doing this. Right. You know, cause I can right. think the offices I worked in, there would probably still be people who are like, no, we should be working and not mm-hmm. playing around mm-hmm. or whatever when the boss is out. Not that anybody really plays around when the boss is out, but you know, like right. if we were right. to end up gotcha. in a situation like this, like, yes. you know, there would be people who'd mm-hmm. be like, Oh no, no. And just that relationship. But then also the relationship then between Michael and the office changing because before it's like, oh, Michael, like we don't like this man, like we don't want to listen to him, we don't want to be our boss. And then Jim gives Michael the medal, make him feel better. So, so yeah, to include him. And so they're they're holding the office Olympics, and then Michael and Dwight come back to the office and kind of 
catch them all doing this. So Jim turns to Michael and gives him the gold medal for signing yeah. for closing on his new home. The fire, fire leads office employees back. Okay, so this was this was a really, uh, again, uncomfortable like relationship. So Ryan, yeah, um, the intern. Every now and then, Michael will make these comments. Yeah. About Ryan, either about Ryan or to Ryan. Yeah. That are, you're, you're thinking, what, what does he mean by that? Yeah. Like, he's very attentive to Ryan and. Yeah. I don't know if he's, it's not that he's trying to impress him. Maybe it is. I don't know. But he's just he, says. He, like, really wants Ryan to be his friend. Uh, he, like, very badly. Because yeah. yeah. he thinks he's Ryan's very cool. Awkward, yeah. He, he wants Ryan to be his, what Dwight actually is to him. Yeah, so, so there's a fire in the office. So everybody goes out to the parking lot and. They're, you know, they're talking and, and um, getting to know each other more. But, uh, okay, so then the next episode was Halloween. Okay, so th- is this oh the one God. where he actually has to get, he actually has to lay somebody off. He has to fire yeah. someone. And he, Michael, you know, this is where, you know, he shows his lovable human side. Yeah. He doesn't want anyone to go. And he's going through this struggle and in this such an awkward way, you know, he he finally does let somebody go. But it's after he tries to let other people go, you know, they I forget who he who he was letting go and they started arguing with him and saying, No, you can't let me go, you can't and then he got all nervous and so he said, Never mind, you know, you don't have to go. Yeah. And yeah. So it, I mean, you, you, you have to love him on this one. It's because Oh, is it? Oh, okay. And then he set, makes him fire the other guy. Right, right. The other so guy he, is saying, he, right, Creed, Creed, he does not, yeah, right, he doesn't, he doesn't um, fire Creed after all. So, yeah, I mean, you know, even though he's so awkward and embarrassing, mm-hmm. you have to love him because he's just, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to do any harm. He really he's wants like, everybody to be happy and, yeah. and have a, you know. He's, he's truly a child who's trying to, you know, like this is his family. The fight. Michael and Dwight get, oh my God, when they go to the dojo. This has that really interesting scene with Pam and Jim where he like picks her up and she freaks out because like she, he accidentally pulls up her shirt a little bit, like her midriff is exposed. And then someone turns around and sees the two of them and Pam like freaks out and gets embarrassed and oh. walks away. Oh, yes, and then yes, Jim's yes. like, oh. He, they were kind of like in the back. They were yeah. standing kind of in the, in yeah. the back. And he, yeah, and he's yeah. messed around. And then, yeah. Now, this is this episode is called The Fight. I think this is like the tipping point for them. I guess in the Chili's episode when she kisses him, that's like also a thing. They are just on a work day at a dojo messing around with each other like that very personally. And the fact that someone notices them and is like, oh, hello, makes Pam really uncomfortable. You can tell she's dealing with that like inner, inner turmoil and conflict because she really loves Jim. Interesting. What's the next one? The next one is the client. Oh my God, Jan now, Levinson. This one, you know, the whole time you're thinking, how did Michael get to be this manager? Yeah. How did he possibly, yeah, you know, excel to to be promoted? Like, yeah. what in the world? Yeah. And and you see it in this episode. Why? Because he's a good salesperson. Because he's a good a good schmoozer, and he yeah. he's right on par with a client. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, okay. So his boss is Jan, and they both go to meet a client, and she wants to talk business. She's all business, yeah. And um, every time she tries to talk business, mm-hmm. Michael inter- 
uh, interjects mm-hmm. and you know says something whatever ridiculous or I don't even remember the comments that he was making and you don't you think oh my gosh the client's gonna leave mm-hmm. everything's gonna be yeah. horrible and um, the client is like right on par with Michael, Michael and Michael makes the sale and Jan is just astounded she's she yeah. just thinks what happened here <laughs> she didn't understand the schmoozing at all I also just find their entire dynamic is really interesting. <laughs> I think this one might be where she kisses him. Yeah, is this the one the where she kisses where him. They get okay. together. Okay, okay. So that was the client. The next one is performance review. Yeah. So this this is just sort of expands on yeah. this relationship with Michael and his boss Jan, um, and he. Let's it slip. You don't really know if he's doing it on purpose or not. And people in the office find out that they're, they were an item for a moment in time. I find this interesting though, because this is the weirdest part of their relationship and also the least entertaining. It's just strange that they're together and it's uncomfortable because like Michael would be with her, but she was like, it would go away. Okay. And then the next one, ah, this is great. Again, a perfect, I mean, this is something oh. that happens in the workplace, email surveillance. This you know? is where we see Dwight and Angela together for the first time. And that is one of the highlights oh. of the show for me is their relationship. Like, I love that part of the show. Like, so good. Well, you know, they're such an odd couple because yeah. Angela is like the stickler and she's always, yeah. Um, you know, particular is a nice way to put it. And so there is a piece of her personality and a piece of Dwight's personality that are like the same. They are both so focused on, you know, making sure everybody else is doing the right thing yeah. or whatever. Yet here they are starting this office romance yeah. affair, like trying to hide it, you know, from everybody. And it's kind of this wild thing. It, it's so, it's just another facet just like, of their personality that yeah. isn't a normal, just flat character. For the for both of them, yeah, it's what you're saying. They're both like can be very stickler mm-hmm. or very you know intense about certain things, and this is the one thing where they're they're intense but in a completely different way. Like they really let themselves go. Like they're kind of it's their you know opening up of their emotions like with each other, and they're just very interesting situation for the two of them because they are so very similar in mm-hmm. in those very important ways. And Angela, like I was saying before, with the hot girl episode where Dwight's going after Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the girl that he would go after. Who's very prim, like right. reserved, like mm-hmm. particular about how she wants things and very like right. steadfast and strong and, you know, all these different things toned down in the way that she portrays herself. It's just like, oh, I love that that has officially started. Cause that's just such a good part of the, of the show. As so a that's, whole. that's a relationship piece. And then, the main yeah. the main theme of this episode is that um, they find out or they're told I forget how it comes about but they hear that their email is being monitored mm-hmm. um, and they don't know if it's you know being searched for keywords or if or what yeah or what so everybody you know some some people are are paranoid about it because they apparently mm-hmm. have inappropriate things in their email. That'd be Kevin. Ke- I love Kevin so much. <laughs> oh my God. Kevin, He's so awkward. Just wait till we get to the episode with Kevin and his chili. That's probably one of my top five favorite episodes ever. Oh my gosh. 
or like intros. I just Kevin's such a great character. He's so creepy and weird, but like I love him. So good. But okay, but yeah. so, so then the next episode is Christmas party, party. and this. <laughs> so this so they would decide to have a Christmas party, and everyone um, chooses somebody's name to buy a Christmas to to whom they would buy a Christmas yeah. gift for whom they would buy a Christmas gift, and of course. Michael gets Ryan, right? Yeah. And he, there's a limit of, I don't know, $20 on the gift. And Michael buys Ryan a four or $500 like iPod. I forget what it, um, if it was, yeah, it was an iPod. Yeah. And every, you know, people don't know what is going on here. Cause again, he's showing this weird favoritism to, yeah. Ryan, to Ryan and Ryan's kind of embarrassed yeah by it because michael doesn't want or ryan doesn't want to be associated with like michael and the person that he is like at all right and then all oh, the saddest thing is so so um i forget her name who had who had michael as the gift and she made him a, the oh mitt. phyllis Phil, so phyllis had michael's name wait she made and him a she, mitten she made him a hand um a, a pot holder a hand pot holder you know a, a hand-shaped pot holder yeah Okay. And um, an oven mitt. So she made him a homemade oven mitt, and she was so proud of it. And Michael just is horrible upon receiving this. Instead of saying thank you and realizing how much effort and time Mm -hmm. she put into this, he gets up and, like, storms out. And then he says, you know, he's trying to figure out how he's going to go back in there. And he says, okay, we're changing it. It's not going to be just giving your gift to whoever's name you chose, it's going to be that person can either... Like white elephant. Yeah, mm-hmm. a white elephant where you can steal somebody's gift. And it's it's so sad because, you know, everybody bought a particular gift. Like Jim made a very had a very thoughtful and particular gift for Pam. He bought her this teapot she wanted, and he put little remembrances yeah. of things in it. And so he got it for her, but then somebody took it. They they didn't realize all the things you know yeah. all the little things were inside the the teapot. But here people had made these gifts or had you know purchased or made gifts for a particular person, and then Michael just changes it all around, kind of and ruins got it. the iPod so that everybody's trading that around. Right. So booze cruise, but this is great because it's I mean like Jim finally admits to himself that he's still in love with Pam. Oh right right and right. What's to be with her? And then also, but at the same time, we finally get a wedding date for her. Right. That's going to be the Rory just of, says what the date is, doesn't even ask Pam. Which which is, again, like foreshadowing Rory. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, the next one's the George Foreman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Michael sets up his grill next to his bed because he wants a fresh bacon every morning. <laughs> he wants to wake up to the smell of bacon every morning, so he puts his George <laughs> Michael's like every child who's like trying to set up their dream world around them. Like, I want to wake up to like pancakes without thinking about the reality of like, right. oh, I'm gonna have George Foreman girl next to my bed. Oh my god, I totally don't remember Dwight. Dwight suffers a concussion. Yeah. I totally do not remember that part of the episode. But I, you know what? I have to go back and watch that now. This yeah. is, this one's entitled "The Injury." So, um, Dwight gets a concussion and it brings out the good side in him. I have to watch that again I like because I can't remember. even imagine like yeah. a nice, sweet side to him. So yeah, yeah I definitely have to rewatch that because it was longer ago than I thought. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then oh, there is the secret. Um, Pam finds out that Jim was in love with her, but he just tells her it was a crush. Right. Right. Oh, and this is where you find out that Oscar is gay. 
But Dwight doesn't even recognize. He just thinks that his boyfriend is his roommate. Oh, Remember? right. This is where and Dwight's <laughs> where Oscar said he was sick. Yeah. He was sick one day. And then he Dwight says to Michael, oh, we have to check up on this. Because, yeah. of, course, of course, Dwight Dwight's is like, all business. No extra. Yeah. yeah. Sick time. And so Michael says, fine, go check it out. And Dwight goes and, like, stakes out Oscar's house, house and sees... Oscar and his boyfriend. Yeah. And isn't, yeah, he's clueless as to what the situation is. All he's mad about yeah. is that, you know, Oscar was not Dwight is like sick. the ultimate opportunist. Like, all these people throw things at him and he goes the farthest with it, like, more than anyone else, which mm-hmm. is just, like, really shows what you can, I guess, in a way, Dwight can be a vision of what you can be while still living a, like, fairly simplistic, in theory, life. Like, he goes to the dojo, and he becomes, like, the absolute highest you can possibly be. Like, he's a volunteer firefighter or whatever, and, like, takes safety and all that kind of stuff to, like, the absolute mm-hmm. very end you can bring it to. Or, you know, he's in this episode being the the private detective, mm-hmm. whatever, to find mm-hmm. Oscar and, like, is staking out his house, you mm-hmm. know? Like, he just does the craziest But then after he, after he sees that, doesn't he make a deal with Oscar? And he oh. kind of blackmails him. And ends up not not telling right away, I guess. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Then the next one is the carpet. Like, and this oh is where, God. you know, they never say what really happens. It says here in Wikipedia that, that it does. It but something really nasty was on Michael's carpet. And, yeah. And he, you know, it's so bad that he has to have the carpet removed. Yeah. It just smells awful in there. And mm-hmm. he's upset because you know, somebody did this and what's going on. Yeah. And then he finds out it's that guy, Todd Packer. his friend. Yeah. He's the only character I do I not like Todd at Packer. all. <laughs> Todd Packer. So he's a, he's, he's like a sort of obnoxious and out there like Michael, but, yeah. but Michael is, I think it's more out of innocence and, yeah. and, you know, being naive. Whereas this guy, Todd, Todd is, mm-hmm. does it sort of out of meanness. You know, he's kind of a mean person and just... Todd's an interesting look at, like, an adult bully or, like, a mean kid or just, you know, a fake friend, Mm -hmm. you know, who's portraying themselves as one thing and, you know, conveying himself to Michael, the Lord, whatever, or, or that he's his best friend or something. Okay, next episode, Boys and Girls... Yeah, so this is the one where Jan is talking to the women in the office and because of the, you know, perceived inequalities in the workplace, um, she's talking to all the women and Michael, you know, his feathers get ruffled. So he sets up, you know, he wants to meet with all the men and she's like, Michael, you don't understand what we're shooting for. Mm -hmm. You, it is mostly men here, Yeah, you know, and he... He gets it's everybody like to want to want to unionize nice, and all yeah. that kind of thing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was hysterical. And Jan and says, also, if they unionize, you know, you're all fired. Right? So yeah. we we will shut down this office. And Jan, Pam, and her graphic design, and then Roy. Ugh. I hate this part of a show or a movie or anything where you like blatantly know that the characters aren't going to be together. Things right. are not going well for them, and yet like you have to keep watching through. Right. I think that's probably one of the biggest things about the first couple of seasons is like when Jim and Pam are dealing with all their stuff and it's just like, ugh, we yeah. know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. So just, so in these conversations, Jan talks to Pam and Pam says she wants to, you know, 
she's interest, interested in graphic mm-hmm. design. So Jan recommends a, a class, a course through yeah. the office, through through um, Dunder Mifflin. And mm-hmm. um, Roy, Pam's fiance, kind of squelches that. Mm-hmm. And again, you see her just kind of backing down and, yeah, you know, him sort of, yeah. you know, he's... It, it, he doesn't do it to be mean. He just, he just, that's his, the way he is. He just doesn't yeah. understand what the purpose is. You know, he doesn't understand that she is an equal kind of thing. Yeah. And that she, you know, he should be listening to what she wants out of life as well. Okay, Valentine's Day. David Wallace, the CFO, finds out about Michael and Jan's relationship. Oh, right. M- Michael blurts it out to some of his coworkers and then, um, and then one of them bring it up. And so Michael is really sweet and, you know, he, and he apologizes to Jan and and tells the, her boss that he just said it to, you know, look good to the other guys. And it was a total lie. And, you know, he steps up and does the right thing for her because he should never have said that, you know, betrayed her like that. But then Phyllis Farley, oh, her relationship is like probably my favorite on the show. Like it's even including Jim and Pam, like it's just so good. But I don't think we had met her boyfriend at this point. I don't think so either. So, so it's Valentine's day. So Pam is waiting all day long to see if Lori gives her a gift. And, and Phyllis keeps getting all these gift after gift after gift. And Pam doesn't get anything. And she's like, really Roy? I mean, Roy, he doesn't get it an interesting look at the kind of bad person that you can be in the wrong relationship. Like if you have that person clouding, like it's not going to be good and it's not their fault. Dwight's speech. Oh my God. Yeah. So Dwight is the top salesman and he has to give a speech and he's really nervous. So Michael's given him all these tips on what he should do. And Dwight gets there and he can't, he can't even he can't even get up. He can't yeah. even go up to the podium. So Michael goes up there and is starting his goofy talks. Yeah. And finally Dwight does get up there and gives like this crazy speech as though he's well Mussolini he, or Hitler. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, this you know, sort of yeah. take over the world kind kind yeah, of speech. No speech. And Everybody loves it. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. This is a very bizarre episode. Yeah. But a good one still. Oh, the next one's take your daughter to work today. Michael's working with the kids. Right. And I think this is the one where Michael kind of explains his background, I think. Okay. Because, um, you know, Michael just, okay, so it's take your daughter to work day. Michael wants the kids to like him. Jim, Jim also is, I think he's the same way, right? Wasn't he? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Jim was really good with the kids. Michael's trying to impress the kids, but he's he's kind of, in the beginning, it's a little awkward, but then yeah. he's on the same wavelength as them. It's like yeah. he's just himself he's kind of around them. Right, right. He's a child as well, so they kind of fit together. Um, and, right, he shows, um, he's talking about, he's trying to look cool to the kids, and he says, well, I was on TV, and he was on this kids oh, show, the kids show. Yeah. and so he, he makes, I think it made, made Ryan go back to his place and get the, get the VC, yeah. get to his, go to his mom's, break in his mom's house, house. get the VC, okay. the, the tape, the VCR tape, I think it was a VCR tape. And they, sh- they all watch it and it shows Michael, you know, on this kids show being interviewed and, um, 
I think there's a part where... Or he's like, he wants friends. Right. He says, I want to get married and have like a hundred children or something because that way they'll be my friends. You know, I'll have friends. And you realize, I mean, I swear I almost cried at this point because, you know, you realize that Michael is this way because he just wants that love and the friendship Mm -hmm. and, you know, a really good relationship with somebody. And yeah, this is a very touching, touching episode. Of course, it's funny too, but it's yeah, yeah, really touching episode. Drug testing. Oh my God. Oh, this is the one where, yeah, there's a drug (laughs) test for everybody in the office and Michael had gone to a concert. Yeah. And Dwight's like, we're going to find out who's been on drugs, who's been taking drugs, who's been smoking pot and all this. And Michael says, I went to a concert and um, I might have had something. Yeah. And so he's trying to get Dwight to pee in a cup for him. I just like, this is one of many times where we see Dwight and Michael like arguing about Dwight or possibly, yeah, it's pretty much always Dwight taking the hit for different things or covering up Michael's messes. And I just... And it's interesting because it's always, at this point, like, Michael or Dwight feeling upset. Like, Dwight, you know, resigns and all that kind of stuff. It's sad. But then as it changes, and Michael actually steps up to the plate and, like, doesn't ask. First of all, doesn't even ask Dwight for those things. But character development. Concert, wait, conflict resolution? Yeah, this is the one where, okay, so Toby's in HR, and people go to Toby and complain. Yeah. And Toby writes it down, but in so many of the cases, he just kind of files it away yeah. because it's it's voluminous. And I think it's, isn't it, that he has a whole bunch of files about Michael, like people have complained about Michael, and he just literally puts it in boxes in a warehouse. Yeah. But Michael gets a hold of some of it and is reading it, reading them out loud to people, which yeah. is obviously very hurtful. But Michael thinks he's just trying to clear the air and bring everybody together when in actuality he's just, he's just, you know, hurting them. And then casino night. That's a good one. Because he breaks up with his girlfriend, isn't he? Well, that's, this is the the last. he begins a relationship with Carol. Yeah, this is the last episode of the season, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, he invites Jan and. Oh, right. And he, mm -hmm. mm-hmm. She leaves early with an overnight bag, meaning she intended to stay with Michael. That's so sad. Right. So there's a there's a party, and Michael originally invites Jan, and she says no. And then he invites um, another woman. I think it was, well. It's Carol. It's just, right, right. It's Carol and, um, Jim, and so, Jan. So Carol does, does go with Michael, and then Jan shows up. Later. And it's very awkward, and obviously she you know she decided to... Just say to heck with it mm-hmm. and, and, you know, go with Michael. And then she's disappointed. Yeah. So that's sad. And or then, Jan. yeah, and then this is a part where Jim tells Pam that he loves her. Finally. So oh finally. God. End of season two. All right. So that's season one and season two. two. Of The Office. So I, so in the first several episodes, we talked at length. And then we ran through the next, the next couple. We, we picked them apart, you know. So we'll get better. Well, I think this was... Our pilot episode. Right. So maybe we didn't do too bad. We'll have to listen and see how terrible we sound. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell right away my audio is going to be like over here and over here and over here. (laughs) And moving around and getting used to the mic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Okay. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the flippity flip. Flippity flip. <laughs> <laughs>